This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. I want to take a second to talk about the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped.com. It contains the Lawnmower 4.0, an all-new skin-safe electric trimmer, the Weed Whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Reserver, anti-chafing ball deodorant, Crop Reviver, ball spray toner, Magic Mats, disposable shaving mats. It also contains two free gifts, the Shed, which is a travel bag to keep everything in, and Manscaped Boxers, anti-chafing boxers. Go to manscaped.com right now and use promo code HEYBARTENDER at checkout and get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping. You can't beat that. 20% off plus free shipping. It's coming up on Christmas time. It would be the perfect gift for that man in your life. Or if you just need it for yourself, just so you can feel a little bit better, a little bit more secure, go to manscaped.com and use promo code HEYBARTENDER to get 20% off plus free shipping. Go there today. Hey, I'm Christina from Doc Holidays in New York City, and you're listening to Hey Bartender Podcast. I work at a dive bar, so what I give you is my special. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I've done that before where uh, I forgot to I forgot to write on the board, you know, the drink special of the night and they they say mm-hmm. Uh, they they come up to me and they say, "What's the drink special?" And I go, "Oh shit! Uh, well, what do you want?" And they said, "How about a?" And then I say, "That's not it." Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, just just to bring. <laughs> You'll um, get what bring, I give you. Yeah, bring them down just a little bit, you know. <laughs> but anyway, so <laughs> welcome to Hey Bartender Podcast, Christina. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Uh, and this is really cool. I've uh, looked at your in- your Instagram photos. And it uh, looks like that you're really into photography and makeup art because some of the makeup stuff that I saw on there oh. were just like your Halloween photos. Or, they were just like, wow. Oh, oh with my, my bloody eye. Oh, that one freaked me out. Uh, <laughs> I bartended with one eye that night. I could not see out of my uh, left eye. Was there a death, death perception problem ever? Oh, yeah. It was great. But I was joking around with people. Like, I was trying to hand them stuff, and it kept falling. And I was like, sorry, I can't see. And they would just crack up. But I did it. Eight hours with one eye. I think everyone should do it. <laughs> yeah. That uh, that would be interesting. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I would use it as an excuse of why I drop things. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were farther away. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show. Why, why don't you take a minute to tell people a little bit about yourself? All right. So I'm Christina. I work at a bar called Doc Holidays. I've been there for, I think, seven years now. I've been in New York City for 11 years. I went here for art school and I just stayed. And that's me. That's cool. (laughs) So uh, Doc Holidays uh, is a bar in New York. Yes, it's on uh, Avenue A and 9th. Our address is 141 Avenue A. You should come any day. We're open 12 to 4, no matter what. No matter what, the zombie apocalypse could be happening, and it would still be open. So we got you. <laughs> cool. Okay. During the purge, we're all heading to Doc Holidays. Nice. But I can't wait to see you. <laughs> That's a uh, cool name for a uh, for a bar. And you said it's just a regular dive bar, or just a, yeah. like a hole in the wall. It's a 
country dive bar. I mean, there was that cowboy Doc Holiday. Yeah. You know. Yeah. There, there are a few other bars called Doc Holiday Saloon. I believe there's one in uh, Nashville, and there's also one in Colorado, but we're not related. Ah, okay. But, yeah. Uh, good to know. So, Paying homage to the dude, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, most I know about Doc Holiday is from what Val Kilmer portrayed in the movie Tombstone, and he, uh, he rocked in that movie. So, but, Is it bad to say that I still haven't seen it? Uh, no, it's not I bad. Get, I get so much shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not bad. Uh, in my mind, it's not bad to see it, but it, it. I think it's one of my top ten desert island movies. So okay, but uh, if you get an opportunity, it's got to be on one of those streaming services. You know, I know. I gotta just bite the bullet and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so to get thing uh, get things started, as usual, like I've been warning you uh, since uh, I don't know a couple days ago. I like I encourage my bartenders that when they come onto the show to have a drink special, whether it's something uh, that they invented or just something that they enjoy pouring or just something that they enjoy on their own. Do you have a drink special for us today? Um, I mean, this is gonna be really weird because I don't like the drink, but I enjoy making it. Mm-hmm. I think I make really good Bloody Marys on Sundays. Oh, really? I love making Bloody Marys. I do that every Sunday, but I hate drinking them. I don't like Bloody Marys, but I love making them. So if you are in the mood, come Sunday. <laughs> now, uh, Bloody Marys, uh, martinis, they're, uh, they're almost like a fingerprint uh, for every bartender of how they make it. Uh, do you do anything special for your Bloody Marys? I don't know. I mean, I like to add a lot of the Old Bay seasoning in it. Now, do you like put in enough horseradish to make somebody's uh, nose catch on fire, or uh, or do you? If do that's that? what they want. I always make sure that they want it spicy. Ah, if you want it spicy, I'll kick your ass. But you know, <laughs> you uh, always got to act first, though. Uh, do you have a favorite garnish that goes in there? Because I've seen three different things. I've seen just olives, celery if they're mm-hmm. if it's available, pepperoncinis. I've seen that too. Uh, what's your favorite garnish? So, here's the thing. Before quarantine, I did uh, one Sunday, I bought all the garnishes, like a shit ton of shit. <laughs> and nobody ordered a Bloody Mary that day. So I was like, all right, never mind. So now after quarantine, we don't have any garnishes. So no. it's honestly just the drink. You're going to take it as it is. You don't need anything pretty coming out of it. And it's still good. Well, uh, I've seen uh, over garnished drinks before anyway. So that, yeah. Yeah. Uh... But, and that's usually what the, all their hype is. It's just the garnishes, but it matters. The drink is what matters, you know? Sure, so. sure. I think martinis, <laughs> uh, real connoisseurs of martinis insist that you have to have the olive in there or the onion or whatever they, uh, well, that's a Gibson if you put an onion in it, right? I think. I mean, I'm a fan of olives, so the more olives, the better. <laughs> so like uh, f- at least three olives in your martini then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I have martinis, I tell them that I just want olive juice and a splash of vodka. <laughs> oh, yeah, cool. No need to bother with the vermouth and. Yeah, but, just olive juice. <laughs> but if since you love olives, though, do you accidentally catch yourself grazing out of the uh, the speed tray? So we don't do martinis at Doc. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're not like a cocktail bar. We don't have vermouth. We don't have special garnishes or, yeah, we're just a, it's beer and shot. And then we can do vodka sodas and shit like that. But 
Uh, sounds pretty simple though, uh, just to drink in a mixer. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, a spirit We're in a mixer. Take it or leave it. We're easy. Yeah, we got to be fast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got time to stop and make you a ten minute drink. <laughs> yeah, and if somebody asks for something blended, do you throw something at them or? <laughs> I tell them to look on the ceiling. I was like, we have boots hanging from the ceiling. I'm like, do you really think we have this? Like, <laughs> I got an ice cold Bud Light right here for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So let's go back a little bit. Let's get started. You said you moved to New York City 11 years ago to, for art school. Did you go to the Art Institute or which art school? I went to School of Visual Arts. Oh, okay. And it's in Manhattan, yeah. Wow. Oh, I went to school in Manhattan. That had... Uh, now this is a stupid question that may seem sound off base, but I'm sure one or two people that listen to my show think about this living in a city like Manhattan, because the biggest city that I've ever lived in downtown was Seattle and there were advantages and disadvantages. Advantage was I could either walk or ride my bike anywhere, but the disadvantage mm-hmm. was I was buying from like little corner markets that were, uh, their prices were like 50 to a hundred percent higher than, uh, anywhere else. And, mm-hmm. uh, do you run, uh, did you live in Manhattan and, or do you live outside of Manhattan? Uh, during college I was in Manhattan. So I was in you're a broke, you're a broke college student that has to try to live off of, uh, like the corner delis and stuff. Oh, like that. I, I had two to three jobs when I was in school. I was, I was a hustler, <laughs> <laughs> but you made it through. I did sacrifice maybe a little bit of sleep here and there and sleep, uh, internships, parties. I was a very boring college student. <laughs> well, I, uh, I don't know. Maybe I could top that, but I'm not going to, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> cause I've always worried about the cost of living. Cause I've, t- I've had a couple bartenders on this show that are from mm-hmm. the New York area and whether they work in, uh, downtown New York or just outside of Manhattan and, uh, they're living in, some of them, uh, one or two of them said they live in a shoebox, and uh, another ones are, other ones say they have to commute quite a ways in order mm-hmm. to get to their job because the price of living is more reasonable outside of town. So, just starting out in New York, was there a culture shock? Because where are you originally from? I'm from South Jersey originally. Oh, Jersey. So it wasn't nice. too much of like a culture shock. I've been to the city beforehand, mm-hmm. but I guess but, so the first three years I was dorming so it was all like student loans yeah so i didn't have to worry about that now i'm worrying about it (laughs) but then afterwards i was um i lived in brooklyn a few times i was on the upper east side i was in jersey city and now i'm back on the lower east side so Mm. i've been all over the rent has been pretty much the same like you know yeah but you know bartending in the city you you have to pet up with a lot of shit but mm. you, the the pay is good. Yeah, you know, well, you uh, you mentioned Jersey, and I'm a pop culture junkie, and immediately I uh, start thinking of Leonardo and Leonardo, New Jersey, and then start thinking of Quick Stop RST video from Jam, uh, all of Kevin Smith's movies. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was probably nowhere near where you where you live. Uh, the Quick Stop and all that stuff. I mean, we had a few. Mm. There's like I don't know. Yeah. We had the. <laughs> There was a uh, a Circle K in one of the towns I lived by, so Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, they were hanging out just outside yeah. the Circle K. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. 
Yeah, so we got some cool stuff going on. Okay, so after living uh, living in New York for three years, you decided to uh, start. Was that your first uh, service industry job when you said you started seven years ago? Oh, no. So I, like, built my way up, I guess. So when I was in college, I was uh, – I did everything. I worked at a coffee shop. I was a cashier at a an Italian grocery store. And then from there, I went to being um, a hostess. And then after that, I got a job as a waitress at an Irish pub in the East Village. Ooh. And I was there for a year or so. And then after that, I got my first bartending gig at a bar that I'd rather not name. <laughs> and then from okay. there, I met uh, one of my good friends who's uh, who got me the job at Doc Holidays? So you've been in Doc Holidays. He told for me a while. about Doc. He was like, "You're unhappy here. Go check out Doc Holidays. Uh, mention my name. Tell them that you know me, and just you know, you're going to do great." And then I've been there ever since. So you've been at Doc Holidays for quite a while, then. Yeah, I've been there for uh, seven years. Yeah. Oh, okay. At Doc. And uh, just because you were unhappy, at your, your friend at least uh, realized you were unhappy, and you needed a better place to be. Uh, oh yeah, you know, he helped me out. So shout out to him. That's Rob Barassi. He works at International Bar. You should interview him. He's a he's a hoot and a holler. That guy. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I don't. I'll have to check my messages because I think I did hit him up at one time. But uh, anyway, okay. but um, <laughs> you know, remind him. <laughs> well, I will. But um, so uh, you. You did all this. You started out when uh, just to pay the uh, make ends meet and pay the bills in college. And, mm-hmm. uh, now I'm a big supporter of people that want to get a, you know, half or want to get a good education, but they can't make ends meet. And so, you know, get a job in the service industry and then they'll work with your hours a little bit better, uh, than, you know, trying to get a job with a temp agency or try to get a job mm-hmm. working internships or anything like that, because you, your school hours are important, but then all of a sudden, uh, also you, your school hours are during the hours of the internship. And mm-hmm. so there's really no help there, but, uh, yeah. so, uh, your thoughts on, uh, working the service industry, uh, while you're going to school, Does, did, did that work out well for you? Yeah. I mean, it was really convenient cause I got, uh, oh, I didn't get like my bartending shift until after I, uh, graduated. But I think that, I mean, now I work either three to four days a week mm-hmm. and it's just, I have extra days to, uh, work on my photography. I have it in a long time, but you know, I, I just recently booked a studio. Oh wow! So I'm, I have that, uh, free time. I have those extra three days to do whatever I want instead of, I can only do stuff on weekends. Yeah. Well, well, so. Internships, I uh, I started hating them because uh, uh, I studied audio production in Seattle, and okay. one of the requirements for the school was that uh, you had to do an internship for a six month internship, and that was really hard to find because everybody was looking for internships at the same time. But yeah. the only thing that you really learned, or at least the only thing that I learned doing an internship, was where the best place to get bagels and coffee was. At, I didn't learn anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I had only one internship in my entire New York life, I guess. And it was after I graduated and I interned at um, a gallery for, I think it was like three months, but 
it was cool. I got mm. to meet cool people. I got to have my work a part of a show. Oh, nice. But nothing ever came about, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's supposed to be a learning experience, but you don't really, I, ne- I never felt like I learned anything. I mean, I guess I can like say that I know how to like curate a show mm. and oh, I can okay. hang shit up. <laughs> well, but other than that, I mean, I don't know. I like to do things myself. Well, like bartending, presentations uh, half the half the battle. Some of the time, you, I mean, uh, knowing where to hang something, how to light something—that's a pretty big deal. I mean, in at least from what I know. Yeah. Well, Doc Holidays is a mess, but it's a beautiful mess. Well, the, the best bars are we always have shit everywhere. <laughs> well, the best bars are the ones that are like dark and dingy, and uh, so it, you make Doc Holidays sound like that. <laughs> and oh well, we have these great windows around the whole bar. So it's like the bar is right on a corner. So it's a perfect spot for like people watching. If you're down for that, mm-hmm. like there's, there is light, but like when it gets dark out, we have like Christmas lights and we dim everything. So it's a cool, it's really cool. Yeah. It's just, we have shit on the walls. Like we have signs on the uh, back of the bar. Just, we have a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's, and it's Western themed, right? Yeah. Somewhat. I would say so. It's more heavily, yeah. Yeah. Like we have an old school jukebox that's mostly filled with uh, country artists. Mm. Does it get used Sometimes much? I like to push the envelope and I have my own CD that has, you know, Blondie and Real Big Fish on it. But <laughs> Yeah, throw, you got to throw your customers off every once in a while. I, uh, yeah, you got to add something, you know, to get the, the party guard going. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I, I used to screw with my customers cause well, uh, I had, uh, I had the access to the jukebox where I can give myself free credits and put songs in, but, uh, I would play like, uh, really obscure tracks from like the monkeys or, uh, or like completely throw everybody off. I thought it would throw everybody off, but like songs from the album, make it big from wham. And, you know, put something on there. But everybody ended up enjoying the hell out of it. And I'm just, I'm, I'm like. That's awesome, though. Hell yeah. It's not the reaction I wanted, though. <laughs> <laughs> but but you'll throw people off and uh, put on your own music every once in a while, it sounds like. Sometimes. I mean, we do have, um, at the end of the last Friday of every month, we do an 80s night. Mm. So I have, like, a playlist of all, like, you know, like, 80s rock and other 80s music but it's mostly for like me and the bartender because i love the jukebox but when you hear the same song over and over and over again you're just like okay yeah um 80s night yeah i uh i've said many 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 times on this podcast i used to love the song Freebird, but then i became a bartender so that got taken off the jukebox that got taken off and the devil went down to georgia got taken off okay. and home alabama got taken off the jukebox Oh yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So the bar that shall not be named. You were working yeah. there. Uh, you were miserable. Um, I was there for like a year. It wasn't that I was miserable. It was just like towards the end, there was just um, feelings being passed around that I guess that I don't know. I I think the manager at the time did not like me. Oh, it just wasn't a good fit. Some political type of stuff. Yeah. Just bar political stuff. Yeah. You know, so I was just like, I, like, I had a feeling that I was going to get fired. Mm. 
So, so I was just like, you know what? I was, and then Rob was just like, go to the, go to doc. And I did. And I never left. Well, that's kind of a cool thing. A lot of bartenders will help out other bartenders find a bar to work oh, at. For sure. Uh, it's a very nice community of people that were just like, like the other day I have a, a bartender friend who works uh, down the block and she sent a group message being like, Hey, there's this guy handing out uh, fake twenties trying to get a seltzer, mm-hmm. like watch out for him. So it's just like, we're all like in the loop in like the East village, you know? Yeah. So back when I bartended, we didn't have text messaging yet. Well, we kind of did, but it cost a fortune because uh, <laughs> uh, I was, you know, I had the Nokia 5100 series. That's how far back I go. And there you go. You got so, to play Snake a lot. Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, I did pretty good at that game. But anyway, but um, uh, we didn't have, really have the opportunity. We did have uh, the telephone game where I would call the bar across the street saying there's these two guys uh, they're, uh, they're a little, a uh, little drunk. You might want to keep an eye on them. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. it was between me and like, uh, two other bars. There was a fourth bar in that same town, but we left them alone cause they would send their drunk people over to us. And so we were just like, <laughs> we're just like, screw them. They can fend for themselves. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I love these stories. Like, uh, do you have an example? I mean, cause I love these stories I've had on from all my guests where uh, they automatically have this like group chat going where, mm-hmm. you know, like guy wearing a red leather jacket, uh, uh, is, you know, uh, something, something's up with them. Do you, uh, do you have a story about that? Oh yeah. There's been a few times where we've gotten, uh, emails or text messages of like a picture of a, a man being like, this guy did this, don't let him in. Or if you see him like report him like there's been some shady shit happening Mm -hmm. but we all keep it like when there's something like that happening it's like this is we send the photo out don't let him in this is what he did type of thing oh yeah yeah well yeah this but it was all uh all over like landlines for me but it's cool that everybody has everybody's cell phone number nowadays that uh makes it way easier uh so uh, you move on to move on to docs. Now, did you know about mm-hmm. docs before you went there? I did not. So you walked in there cold, didn't didn't know anything about the atmosphere or anything like that. Nope. I just I remember I walked in and Steve Miller Band was playing. I believe it was either them or the Almond Brother Band, and my dad always played it during like our summer barbecues. And I was just like, oh wow, like they play really good music here. Like I can get <laughs> used to this. So I talked to the manager who's still the manager now shout out to Joanna thank you for hiring me (laughs) but uh I talked to her and her and one of our regulars Ed uh rest in peace Ed he passed away uh during COVID but him Joanna and a previous bartender came to the, the bar that I was working at and they scoped me out to see if I would be a good fit for docs and I guess I was and she hired me no, what, uh, what, what do you think made you a good fit for docs? I, I would like to say my personality. Yeah. I'm kind why not? of a sarcastic asshole. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, I love that every, uh, every bartender, including myself will say, well, you know, I was kind of sarcastic and kind of a jerk, but that, I think that's why people liked me. <laughs> I mean, all my regulars say they're like, 
you know, you started off so sweet and nice and now you're just an asshole. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) listen, a few years in the bartending game in New York will turn you into an asshole, Mm -hmm. but you're a fun asshole. Well, yeah, (laughs) we develop a a darker sense of humor. We, uh, we polish up our sarcasm that we haven't used for probably a few years. So yeah, that makes, (laughs) that makes a good bartender. And the gift is always when you find those customers who like, if you're dishing out your sarcasm Mm. and they accept it and they laugh and they give it right back and you just have to pause and you're and like, I find myself doing this. I'm just like, thank you for being so chill. And I'll like pour some shots. I'm like, cause I've had people walk out or curse me out. Cause they didn't understand my humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I'm not trying to be like, this is just, I'm, but they, I've literally had someone like walk out of the bar and like pour their drinks on the bar. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I've talked about it on the show uh, a lot of times, but my, my best comeback of all time Left the guy so speechless, he he had like frozen for like good 15, 20 seconds because he just all of a sudden decided to stand up at the bar and say, you want to step outside? And I looked him right in the eye and I said, no, thanks. I don't need a blowjob right now. And it froze him. He had. Yes, that's amazing. <laughs> it froze him. He had nothing to say about that. <laughs> and, and everybody was probably watching and listening also. Uh, my coworkers were, had to leave the bar because they didn't feel it would be appropriate to laugh, uh, cry, cry, laugh in his face. <laughs> that's amazing. I think I, oh, I it's so good. I think I stole See, it from that's the movie. one thing I laugh. I don't have that quick wit. So like whenever someone like comes at me and they like, I never had someone offer to fight me. But I've had people uh, make rude comments about my body. Mm. And I always think about my comebacks after they leave. And I'm just like, damn it. I wish I was like quicker with that. Yeah. But. You know, <laughs> I think I got that from a movie one time. Then I, I, it stuck with me. And uh, and I decided to say it, uh, say it to this guy just because it was on my, it was on my mind at the time. Why not? You know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, sarcasm uh, that. A lot of people didn't understand my sarcasm except for my coworkers. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, some of the customers would say, Oh, what's his problem? And you go, Oh, he was joking. You have to pay attention to him. <laughs> and yeah. so, but yeah, like that's the thing. Like we have some regulars who will like, will, will be listening and they're like, Oh, she's joking. Mm-hmm. Like there was this one time. So I like to quote movies a lot too. Oh yeah. Have you seen the one meme of, um, it's Samuel L. Jackson, and it's from the uh, – when he's like, I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. No, Pulp Fiction, yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so I was like, I've been waiting to use that line <laughs> forever. So Because, like, you know, like when you're behind the bar and there's, like, ten people, like, screaming their, like, their drinks at you and you're still, like, doing something. So it was a busy Friday night, and I'm, like, talking to someone, and I'm pouring their drinks, and this girl starts yelling her drink order at me. And I turn to her and I say that <laughs> and I felt so good. And her face just completely dropped. <laughs> and my regular sitting next to her and he's like, she's kidding. Like relax. <laughs> like, it's, and I'm like, and I had to explain. It. I'm like, it's from a movie. Yeah. Chill out. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll get you. <laughs> but I finally got to say it and I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything Samuel L. Jackson says, I would, I would love to quote, but I can't think you know, uh, think of things that he says at the right times, you know, do let something like, uh, break a bottle and say, 
uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? You know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. We get stuck on Pulp Fiction like that, but <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm big on uh, movie references. Uh, I can talk about music as long as about uh, it's about the Beatles, Metallica, or Billy Joel all day long. Um, there you go. Uh, I mean. It, the the biggest problem for me when I was bartending is a lot of people expect bartenders, particularly the male bartenders, to know everything about sports, be able to give them, you know, talk highlights, talk statistics about any sport out there. And I don't know shit about sports. I mean, the, the only thing I if the only time I care about sports is if I have a bet going on like one of the major games or something like that. Hey, bartender. Mint Mobile has reimagined the wireless shopping experience and made it way easier. There's no stores, no salespeople, no nonsense. Just a huge savings on the nation's largest, most reliable 5G network. With plans as low as $15 a month, you have unlimited talk, unlimited text, and you can find the perfect data plan that suits you. You can even bring your old phone if you're still used to it. Or if you want to get rid of your old phone and upgrade, Mint Mobile has a large selection of phones for you to choose from. Just follow the link for Mint Mobile in the description of this podcast. Check out the plans and the opportunities for you to save some money with your new wireless service. Go to mintmobile.com today. Hey, Now, music movies... Yeah, you can come to talk to me any uh, any day. How about you? What's what's your favorite subjects that you can practically give a lecture while you're bartending? I mean, I've gotten into conversations like with movies. Uh, there's my favorite thing to always bring up, like when there's like a lull, is like, all right, everybody, tell me your favorite conspiracy theory, and that <laughs> makes people stop and they're like, what the fuck is about to happen? <laughs> conspiracy so theories. Then we- we go around in a circle and we start talking about it, but then we start like digging it apart. It's, it gets, it's crazy, but I love people who have like are weird that have imaginations. Like another thing I always ask is, uh, if you could be any mythical creature, what would you be? (laughs) I want like, I'm trying to get inside your, like, I want to know if you have an imagination, if you're like a fun person, Mm. like, Let's have a conversation. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now, conspiracy theories, that that can end up getting into, like, arguments. I mean, full on, no, you're wrong. This is what happened. The, we actually did land on the moon. No, we didn't. Or The conspiracy theories that we're talking about is, like, the one that blew my mind was said recently. Somebody was like, oh, my favorite conspiracy theory is that the pigeons are big brother. And I was like, what? And he's like, well, they're robots. He's like, have you ever seen a baby pigeon? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, why do you think they sit on the telephone wires? They're recharging. (laughs) And I was just like, what is happening? But it blew my mind. I was like, holy shit. I'm like, now I want to go find the fucking baby pigeon. (laughs) I've never seen one. Yeah, those are fun conspiracies. Uh, Yeah, so we stick to fun. We don't do like. Moon landing, flat Earth yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, those are fun to talk about. <laughs> oh yeah, it was it was wild. Uh, board most bored I ever got was when I all of a sudden I challenged my customers at the at the bar. Okay, people, we're changing movie titles and uh, regular movie titles into porno movie titles. Go and that's fun. And 
yeah, some people had uh, a little bit too much fun, uh, too much fun with it and scary imaginations when it came to it. But, uh, but that's just me, you know, (laughs) see, that's when you have to start like writing that down and selling it to like the porno movie. Like, Hey, here you go. (laughs) (laughs) And then become disappointed. Uh, foreskin gump. Really? You've already made that. Okay. (laughs) That's disgusting. Wow. All right. There you go. (laughs) Uh, That's disgusting. I'm sorry about that. I love it. But, uh, yeah, what other uh, what other goofy conspiracy? No, I'm, I apologize for calling it goofy, but. Uh, no, not goofy. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, my favorite one is the whole, I mean, I think everyone agrees that Marilyn Monroe was murdered by the mafia or the CIA. Oh, wow. Really? I mean, I, I believe that. That's one of my conspiracies is that. Yeah, that she was murdered because she knew too much about, like, JFK. Mm. And then, so then that led to someone saying, oh, well, the CIA killed JFK. I was like, oh. Well, uh, I decided to, yeah, I decided (laughs) to start a rumor about that uh, one or two years back just because I was bored and told everybody that Marilyn Monroe and JFK uh, staged their death so they could run, run away together. Because JFK is Catholic and, you know, getting a divorce or Christian, whatever he was, uh, getting a divorce from Jackie O would have been, uh, would have been bad. Yeah. So they just ran, ran away together. But now that I can... would make sense. That would make sense. But then, but then whose head got blown off? I mean, oh yeah. There's a Zapruder... poor taste saying that, but yeah, the Zapruder film kind of, uh, gives good, yeah. good, uh, uh, but I believe that with that. Elvis, I think Elvis uh, faked his own death. You do. Uh, yeah, the same with uh, the same with Michael Jackson. I think he faked his own death also. Yeah, I believe uh, I would believe that if it came up. All of a sudden, my you know Michael Jackson faked his own death. And, yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but right, it's like okay, but like it's like uh, did you ever see Death Becomes Her? Yes. So you know how there's that one scene where they're like in that castle and all you see is all like the old, old Hollywood celebrities that are supposedly dead, but they're all alive. Uh huh. Yeah. So that's what I think. I think it's like all those old Hollywood celebrities are still, they're hanging out somewhere. Uh, well, Michael Jackson, most of his face was probably built by Lego. So, uh, uh, he can change his appearance enough where people wouldn't recognize him. But there was recently a video that came out that showed him coming out of a van Really? That like he was, yeah. Uh, I mean, this is fucking internet videos too. So who the fuck knows? Him hanging out with Tupac or maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Elvis is too old, uh, uh, too old right now. So if it, you know, saying that he's still alive is uh, that probably isn't as interesting anymore. But saying Michael Jackson is still alive, or Tupac or Biggie, uh, those you know, those would be mind blowing circumstances there. But uh, yeah. But uh, you know, it would be interesting for me. I mean, uh, being a big Beatles fan, uh, you know, somebody said John Lennon's still alive. Now they can't say that because there were too many witnesses to him getting shot, and yeah. so they can't really get away with that one. But uh, yeah, the conspiracies uh, of artists. Uh, Betty White's going to live forever. She, uh, you I know. hope she does. <laughs> I hope she does. But, There's always like that meme that's like, stop treading Betty White's name because I keep thinking that she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, the, uh, just a bunch of stuff like that. And that it's fun to think about and fun to debate out with the right people. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. the people that take it a little bit too seriously and, uh, especially bar customers that are, uh, probably half lit, they're fun, but then there, you get that one person that takes a little bit too seriously. And, uh, then all of a sudden you're like, God, I wish I never brought that up. Is that how you get your customers talking around the bar? Just, oh I'll yeah. Pick, uh, pick a conspiracy theory out and. Yep. Yeah. So it's like, we're all sitting in the same vicinity. So it's just like, all right, guys, you're, I'm going to force you guys to talk to each other. Mm. But then it's also like, so I don't have to keep talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Once they're talking to each other, then you can go about your business. Yeah. So then I can walk away and be like, all right, let's go start this somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> but um, from uh, when we were talking through text message earlier, you said that you were also interested in the paranormal. Yes. Uh, I'm first question. I pride I'm gonna... myself on being a fucking weirdo. I, if I could work for ghost hunters or ghost adventures, I would like, Hey, I'm going to plug myself right now. Ghost adventures. Call me. I would love to ghost hunt with you. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, see, I don't, uh, I don't know if you ever saw on my Instagram or my TikTok uh, for Hey Bartender podcast, but I did all through October. I did haunted restaurants and bars and I just went around from state to state and picked out the more interesting haunted bar stories uh-huh. like and uh some the ones some of the ones to to me weren't that interesting because they were just saying it was just some weird spirit likes to knock down dishes or uh but if it had a name attached to it like mm-hmm. uh there's a there's a bar in pennsylvania i think that aaron burr used it used to be aaron burr's uh carriage house and uh the restaurant there that is there right now is very, very, very top of the line, fine dining. Uh, but mm-hmm. they say Aaron Burr and his daughter frequently haunt that place. There have been spotted, uh, people have spotted him in the corner. His daughter likes to knock earrings out of uh, women's ears. Uh, and I had a lot of fun with that. If you haven't seen that, go, please go check I'll it out. I'll have to look into that. That's awesome. But, I love that. But let me ask you, do you think uh, any of the places that you've worked, including Doc's, is haunted? Um, I for sure believe that there's something in the basement of Doc's. Like what? There uh, was one what's time, your experience? So it was me and the bouncer, Kyle, on a Wednesday night. And so I'm downstairs doing uh, the paperwork, and he's doing the trash. And all of a sudden, he's like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like in the office, and I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, he's like, there's a man's face behind the trash can. And I stop what I'm doing. And I was like, Kyle, don't fuck with me right now. He's like, no, there's something there. And I like run out of the office and I'm like, let's get the fuck out of here. But there was nothing behind. I didn't see anything. Mm. But I think for sure there's something down there. It's weird down there sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun because I've been doing this podcast for three years and every Halloween I go hunting for uh, haunted restaurant and bar stories because uh, one of the bars that I worked at, my boss was convinced there was a ghost there. She named him Phil and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sh- you know, strange things happen around there, things that I could blame Phil for, like uh, I accidentally dropped dropped a glass for no apparent reason and a shirt of glass went into my arm and I had to dig it out. But, uh, uh, yeah, it wasn't that bad, but, uh, I listening to some of the stories I've gotten people to jump in and talk about their haunted restaurant stories. And there's one woman, 
her story was by far my favorite because she said that she refuses to wear her hair up during her bar shift because especially when she's there alone in the middle of the night, she can feel somebody breathing on her neck if her hair is up in a ponytail and there's nobody there. I just got chills. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It was, it's a lot of fun to get people to, uh, you know, share their stories with, uh, with me so I can, I can use them for the show. But that one is pretty much the only one that gets, uh, that lives yeah. in my head rent free. I mean, there's a, there's a running joke that, uh, the jukebox is haunted because it'll be not playing music and you'll just hear the pages start flipping mm -hmm. and you have to press a button to do that. Like it's an old school jukebox yeah. and the pages will just turn by themselves and you're just like staring at it being like, okay, jukebox is haunted. <laughs> but there's like a, that's like a running joke with like all the regulars who go there. That's uh like, yep, yeah, there, there it goes. One of the funnier story, uh, one of the funnier moments when I bartended, uh, we were closing up one night in the bar, and we'd shut off. We thought we shut off the volume to the jukebox because no music mm -hmm. was playing, and then all of a sudden, Spice World by the Spice Girls came on, and <laughs> uh, or what that what that Spice Up Your Life song, uh, anyway. Yeah. But uh, that that song came out of nowhere. And we all just stopped mm -hmm. and looked at each other. And my friend Shannon, she just, she all of a sudden yelled, damn it, Phil. <laughs> and we all had a laugh about that and made sure that the jukebox was off. But <laughs> then it became, you know, See, just, that would have been better if it was like a scarier song, you yeah, know? Yeah. Uh, like freak people out. <laughs> yeah. But not Spice Girls. Because <laughs> so, yeah. apparently our ghost. That's funny, like, though. That's good. Apparently our ghost like the Spice Girls. So <laughs> <laughs> tell me a little bit more of the atmosphere uh, at Docs. It's very, it's uh, I don't want to say that it's like cheers, but it is very like, we want to be friends. We want to be family with everybody. Like where everybody knows your name. Yeah. So that's, I feel like it's just like, we have a lot of regulars where it's like, as soon as you walk in the door, you're just like, Hey, like, what's going on? Come like, you know, mm -hmm. it's just very, all the regulars are friends with each other. Like they're like, Hey, I need help with, uh, shooting pool. Will you help me? And like, there's a group of guys that come and they practice pool. No, we have like other guys that are, that they all go out together after like, it's just very friends and family oriented, I guess. Sure. What percentage of your guests that come into your bar? Do you think that you serve them before they even say anything? I mean, they just, all you do, you see their car even, pull up or uh you see them in front of the you know they're still 10 yards away from the door and you get that bud light going before they even walk in uh how often does that probably happen? all the um it happens almost every time during my uh sunday day shift yeah the, the day shifts are more for like the og regulars yeah so there's like certain people that sit certain places and i'll just i'll have their drinks if I see them in like the window, I'm like, all right, there's your, here's your Bud Light. And I'll, you know, you know when to have it ready for them before they're even done with it. That's a sign of a really, a really good bartender if you're on top of it before they even walk in the door. So good for you. And, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. But been doing it long enough, right? <laughs> yeah. When you've done it long enough. But now a great bartender though, uh, which I never was, they once told me that they had a customer that, 
they gave him their first drink and they figured I might as well pour the next one. But because by the time I'm done pouring the next one, he's already done with that one. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, really, you, you do that. (laughs) And you don't make them beg for it like a puppy or anything. (laughs) I don't know. There's this one guy who's, uh, we keep the bottle of uh, liquor next to him because it's just like he doesn't, he doesn't ask. Every time his glass is empty, you just refill it. And then when he's done, he'll turn the glass over. So it's just, you got to constantly watch his uh, rock glass. <laughs> and, uh, any of the customers get a little anxious if, if you know, you don't, the next drink isn't there immediately as soon as they hit the last drop or anything like that? Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, we have a, a nice uh, relationship with our regulars where it's just like if we're busy and they're like waiting for their drink, we can be like, hold on a second. Like, I see you. I got you. Mm. But most of the time they're like, they get it. Like we get busy sometimes. So sure. Sure. Now, so, uh, about the, uh, about some of the pictures I've seen that you've done on Instagram and now the makeup artistry, we talked about it a little bit already, but the makeup artistry, did you have a friend do that or did you do that on your own? No, I did the, the bloody eye by myself. Oh, that, cause <laughs> that looked realistic, kind of gross. But it Thank looked, you. It looked very good. Um, Thank you. I that was. I wanted to be really gory for Halloween, and I was super excited to do that. My friend uh, Lindsay, she uh, she had a, a bloody eye a few Halloweens ago, and she showed me the photo, and I was like, I want to do that. How did you do it? And she told me how she did it. So I just had her picture for reference, and I just did it myself. <laughs> uh, uh, it looked great. Now. Thank uh, you. Now a little bit more about your photography, so we can uh, we can plug that a little bit. Um, when did you uh, when did you did you decide that you uh, were into photography when you went to arts or when you went to the art school or? So I took um, in high school there was like those elective classes. Mm. So for I think it was like all four years I think I did photography in high school, and no. it was just something I was I really enjoyed, and I was like I just I want to keep pursuing it. Mm. And I did. Now, <laughs> my photography has definitely changed over the years. Mm-hmm. Oh, huge. Um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, it relates back to, like, the paranormal stuff. So, um, during, like, it was, like, the last two years of high school and the first two years of college, there was this one abandoned mental institution in North Jersey that I always went to to take photographs. Like, I got... Um, I got permission to go outside, but then if there was a door open, you weren't allowed to go inside. I was strictly told, don't go inside, mm. but the doors are open. I'm going to go inside. So I have, uh, but that's where like the paranormal stuff comes in because that place for sure was haunted. I bought um, an, a voice recorder and I put it inside one of the rooms and we all left. And then we came back 15 minutes later and we listened to it and you can hear breathing like oh, right cool. next to it, you can hear doors <laughs> closing. So like that was like a, a project of mine for four years is that mental institution. I have uh, patient files from 1936. Oh, wow. I did uh, a lot of four by five photography there. And then uh, I started to shoot more people. I always hated it because I like to have a lot of control with like the lighting, mm. the fashion, the makeup. But, you know, I had to realize, all right, if I need to, if I want to make money, I need to shoot people. Right. So that's what I do now is mostly just people. But I like to do uh, theme. 
like I like to do like if I have a an 80s theme I like to do gels and like certain fashions I collect vintage clothing so I I have a lot of 60s clothing that I like to use in my photos and it's very theme oriented I guess so uh so theme wise I mean I've uh I've got a good friend uh well uh who I I made friends with him when I was uh, bartender. Uh, both I can relate to both stories. We uh, one me and my friends we used to hang out at uh, Damish Insane Asylum where One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest was filmed. Uh, what? And that's amazing. Yeah, you need to tell me about. <laughs> but uh, we'll get, I'll tell you about that later. But uh, <laughs> but we used we used to go over there every once in a while. But he was uh, he was a photographer. And mm-hmm. one day he and I were uh, talking about photography and the, I think the conversation started with him saying that his uh, specialty was taking pictures of old farm equipment. Now uh, I'm like interesting, interesting to go uh, thing to start taking pictures of. Oh, uh, what specific, do you have anything specific that you like to, uh, or are you looking for, Going to an uh, going to the asylum and hoping that one of the pictures that you develop later, all of a sudden, I don't remember seeing that there or something like that. I don't. I'm not sure what I was looking for. It was just. It was a weird attraction to just the architecture. I guess I was more in love with like the story, mm-hmm. not like the story, but like what happened there. Like my heart went out to the people who died and were tortured there. So I just. I felt like, like when I think about it more, like after I was like done with it, I was like, okay, like these pictures are for them because I feel like there's those certain groups of people that go to those places and you know, they ruin it. Mm -hmm. They do the graffiti, they break windows and it's just, see, this is going to go back to paranormal shit real fast. (laughs) Out of all the times I went there, I never felt scared and I was never uh, worried that something was going to happen. Like, I always felt that the spirits there were protecting me because I knew that my intentions were good. Because mm. uh, there was this one time me and a girl went and she's halfway through an open window and my back is looking out towards, uh, I don't want to say a street because it's not on like a main road, but mm. there was like, there was pavement for cops to like drive around and a cop car literally drove right by us we should have been arrested he could have easily seen us but he just kept going yeah and i was just like okay so these spirits are watching my back but that just makes me sound crazy but that's just i don't know no no i would i don't know anything well pretty much anything goes on this podcast so (laughs) (laughs) so Uh, my art was for them it was just a lot of it was a lot of like the architecture uh there's a few photos of the inside of uh the bedrooms, the the hydrotherapy tub. Uh, one of my favorite photos was of a piano, and I I have a video of myself playing it, playing it. I didn't really, I don't know how to play piano, but I pre, you know, I'm a little heart and soul or chopsticks. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did my best. Yeah. So yeah, just the architecture and of the building and uh, some of the interiors. That's cool. Um, do you have any plans of doing like a gallery or anything like that? So, um, my senior year of art school, my, uh, they have like a, a mentor show mm. where a few, uh, certain seniors get picked and they get paired up with, uh, 
mentors and you get to pit your workout. So uh, what my work got selected. So I was um, with these patient files, there was uh, fingerprints. So I did really close up photographs of the fingerprints and I blew them up to like 60 by 20. Oh, and wow. I just did really like abstract photos and I actually sold one of those at the show. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. And then the other, uh, I was a part of another show, um, I think it was like my sophomore or junior year, where I had the Stan Asylum photos hung up and I found a 60 millimeter movie film, but it was like an instructional film about how the nurses should treat the patients. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I put that on a CD and I had that playing in the corner and I had all like the photos and the patient files hung up. So I I got to show it. It's one of... I mean, in art school, some you get not that you get made fun of, but you get classified as ruin porn <laughs> if you do like abandoned stuff. Yeah. But it, I'm really proud of that project. I love it. I still think it's beautiful. I still have everything that I took there. So. Well, it's just another form of expression. I mean, it uh, yeah. doesn't matter. Call what it ruin porn all you want. It's great, and people still do it. So oh, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, and it was probably more interesting than some of the photo galleries that I've seen where. Uh, there's a museum near where I, uh, in a couple towns over from where I live, where the, this photographer made a big deal about taking pictures of celebrities and rock stars and things like that. And I'm yeah. looking at these pictures going, these are no different than any other picture that I've ever seen. I, uh, that, that picture of Gwen Stefani, I'm, I'm actually pretty sure I saw that in Rolling Stone, you know, but mm-hmm. when you actually have, uh, have something that you're passionate about and you can, uh, that you're interested in to express yourself with. That's awesome. I mean, have you ever taken any bar pictures? So I actually just recently started. I've been bringing my, uh, 35 millimeter into work on like Friday night. So you, you're old school. You're doing, not digital. So I do, uh, a lot of the work on my Instagram is digital of like the model, mm. but I'm trying to do more film. Uh, I like to go back and forth. But I wanted to do really like black and white high contrast. Yeah. So I've been starting to bring it to work, and it's just telling people to pose real fast and just shooting. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how those turn out. Yeah. Those, uh, if yeah, I'm sure those uh, those will turn out great. Hopefully, you post them to Instagram so I can take a look at them a little bit later. I will. <laughs> but well, any, anyway, we're coming up on, uh, towards the end of the show. And I want to thank you so much, Christina, for being on the show, taking time out. I, thank you for having me. I was I, really honored that you asked me. <laughs> I, I, hopefully I didn't harass you too much to be on the show. <laughs> Not at all. This is great. I would do this again. Yeah. Awesome. If something else I comes up, yeah, if something else comes up in your life that you want to promote, you're, you're more than welcome to email me. Thank you. <laughs> if people want to uh, take a look at some of your artwork or, you know, check you out, uh, check you out on social media, how would they find you? Instagram for sure. It's Christina underscore Dean, like James Dean. Cool. I also have a website, ChristinaMalazzi.com. But definitely Instagram. I'm always on it. I always post when I'm working or photo shoots that I do. It's, it's a mess, but I always post on it. <laughs> so if uh, if they go to your website, do they, uh, do they get to see some of the pictures you've taken? And Oh, yeah. And what was that website again? Uh, ChristinaMalazzi.com. It's my real name. <laughs> ah, cool. But, but anyway, it's also linked in my Instagram also. It's yeah. in my Instagram bio. So That's so oh that's cool. Okay. Yeah. So everybody check <laughs> that out. 
Thank you so much, Christina, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Okay, people, it is last call, last call for alcohol. Come on up to the bar uh, and order domestic, please. I think I'm almost out of the rare stuff. Anyway. So, uh, thank you so much for, to Christina Dean for being on the show. Remember people, if you want to be on Hey Bartender podcast, talk about something that you want to promote, promote yourself, promote your bar. All you have to do is just send me a message, either email me dude at heybartenderpodcast.com, or you can catch me on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of those at Hey Bartender podcast. And remember, if you want to help support Hey Bartender podcast, go to www.heybartenderpodcast.com and go check out some of the swag I got on sale in there. Uh, I got t-shirts, got a challenge coin, sticker, whatever you uh, whatever you need. Well, not whatever you need because I can't afford all that. But uh, go check it out. Buy yourself a t-shirt, support a podcast. That's what I always say. And a big thanks to Laura Hope and the Arctones for helping me uh, use their song, Dr. Bartender. Remember, you can go check out all their music. They just came out with a new Christmas song. Go check them out on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you download your music. And for Christ's sakes, go visit Christina Dean over at Doc Holidays in New York. Sounds like a really groovy place to hang out. And maybe bring in an original uh, conspiracy thing to talk to her about. That one with the pigeons, that was pretty good. That'll be hard to top. And as usual, remember to uh, share, like, and subscribe to Hey Bartender Podcast. Tell your friends, tell your coworkers, uh, because I am here to support the food service industry because nobody else is, it seems like. So uh, Hey Bartender Podcast is here to support the food service industry. Just tell your friends. But as usual, that's the end of Hey Bartender Podcast, and I wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And remember... Don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's last go? I just got here.